now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you every week in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager for Island Savings, and Carrie Smith, home inspector from Inspectech. If you need an opinion from experts in insurance, mortgages, or building inspection, Denise, Carrie, and Carrie are great people to talk with. You can find their contact information on our page on the CFAX 1070 website. Just look under Shows. You'll find The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. All their contact information is there, or you can always find me online or on social media or anywhere. I would love to chat with you. My background for you for the next hour as your host is I am a locally born and raised Victorian. I've been selling homes here for 27 years. I've overseen hundreds of transactions locally. Uh, I've seen almost every situation you can imagine. Call me if you need a seasoned professional for your real estate needs. You can contact me either through the CFAX website or my own website, which is the Prime Real Estate Team, primeteam.ca. Recently, the provincial government announced a change for 2019, capping the allowable rate rate increase, monthly increase, uh, to the rate of inflation. This has to do with rent and rent increases. This means that in 2019, it will be 2.5% instead of the 4.5% in 2018. What effect will this have on landowners, and will it really help the rental market? Our guests today are Dave Hutniak. He's the CEO of Landlord BC, Scott Cram with Envision Properties, and property owner and fellow realtor Jeff McLean. We're going to start our show with our weekly listener question. If you have a question or curiosity about real estate, call us on our hotline. The number is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or find us online at cfax1070.com, and we'll discuss it on the air. Had an email this week from Renata. Renata's email reads, Hello, we are putting our house on the market, and our agent wants to use a lockbox for showings. In Victoria... We are accustomed to the listing agent being present for every showing, but it seems that is not common here. How safe are lock boxes, or sorry, how safe are key boxes, and why don't agents here show up for viewings? Great question, uh, Renata. Okay, I, I'm gathering from your message here that you're from Vancouver. Vancouver actually is a very unique marketplace that does not use lock boxes. I have to say, uh, when you look across Canada, it is probably the only metropolitan uh, marketplace where lock boxes aren't used. And consequently, what happens is uh, you're correct. Yes, the listing agent or a designee is generally there uh, to let buyers and their agents in for showings. Um, now, here in Victoria, I'm sorry, I, I guess you were in Vancouver, but you must be in Victoria now because you're thinking of selling in Victoria. Uh, log boxes are very common here uh, in Victoria, and we get asked the question regularly, why isn't the listing agent there? Why don't you want to be there for showings? Aren't you supposed to be there to uh, show all the features of the house and to, uh, to, to, to really uh, sell it to potential buyers? I would say that most agents, got Jeff McLean in the, uh, the studio here, maybe he'll chime in in, in, in a moment here uh, a little later, but... Um, the, the reality is when we're working with a buyer, when somebody we're showing them a home and we're getting them to get a feel of the home, they are often 
less comfortable when the agent for the seller is uh, is in the property. Uh, Jeff, you agree with this? Absolutely. <clears throat> it uh, it makes for a very uncomfortable situation for the buyers. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times the listing agent or if the seller happens to be home, they have a tendency to want to jump into the process and. Uh, hey, you're talking about when a seller wants to jump in and say, "Oh, you know, you gotta, you gotta see this feature here, and you gotta, you know, I put, I put this fancy countertop in or something like that, right?" Well, I got heavy duty nails under. Heavy the duty nails. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so the seller jumps in or the agent jumps in, but something that that we're not that we're forgetting about is the buy the experience for the buyer has all of a sudden changed because they don't get free reign of the house. They don't get to feel comfortable maybe even sit down on the sofa to, to really appreciate the ocean views or something like that, right? Yeah, they tend to speed up, and so they, they miss a lot because they, they just want to get in and out. They feel like they're inconveniencing somebody. Yeah, um, which know. may end up uh, turning into an additional showing, right, if they do want to come back. But I guess the, the biggest drawback, as you're bringing up right now, is the, the, the very act of having the licensee or the seller at the house may turn the buyer off altogether. I've seen it happen many times. Yeah, as have I. As have I. So, uh, Renata, this is this is a great question, but um, again, it's not that we don't want to be there. I think Jeff and I both agree on this. We would be there to sell the property and to to to, to really uh, put it in its best light for the seller. But the fact is, it's more of a drawback than it is a um, a benefit. That's what I, I've observed and, and feel, for sure. Yeah. Now, getting back to the whole uh, Vancouver story, uh, Renata, you might be asking yourself the question, well, if that is true, then how come they do it in Vancouver all the time? And I, I have to tell you, knowing a lot of agents in Vancouver, as Jeff does, we've talked about this with uh, other agents there, for some reason that they don't use lockboxes. They have lockboxes, by the way. Um, in the condos in particular, uh, often there are concierges in the building. That is much more common in Toronto, right? Uh, although there are some in, in Vancouver. Um, uh, they do have the lockbox system, but owners and realtors, it's, it's almost like a tradition where they'll just say, well, no, we'll have somebody there. Busy agents, by the way, they don't have time to run across Vancouver as a city back and forth just to open up. Uh, a property for showings. Let's not forget that it often takes a lot of showings to actually find the buyer for your home. So that's a lot of wasteful time. Some busy agents have uh, a designee. So they have a licensee who will go and open up the property uh, for the viewing. But then again, th that, that answers the other question of, well, should the listing agent be there to sell the property? Well, if they have a designee opening up, then, then they're not there anyways. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's it's a very strange process. We all think across the country that this whole Vancouver idea of, of not having easy showings, not enabling the buyer to have a very comfortable viewing of the home on their own in their own time. Um, like I said, being able to uh, uh, enjoy the view on their own, uh, I, I think, is a is a drawback. Well, one of the things about the lockboxes is that so many uh, condominium buildings uh, feel that there's uh, a security risk. And I mean, our real estate board here, Victoria Real Estate Board, has been very, very progressive in uh, putting in secure housings for uh, the lockboxes so that we have just a single key to get into the building and then a separate lockbox <coughs> on the actual suite. And 
the, the lock boxes we use here are electronic. They record who's opened it. And when. And when. Yeah. yeah. So Tony and I would get an email very quickly after the lockbox has been opened telling us who's opened it and what time they were there, uh, which is very advantageous because we can then call the seller and say, hey, you know, they were there. Give them 20 minutes. They'll probably be gone, so it's safe to go home. Yeah. Well, and that was uh, Renata's other question was, how safe are they? Well, again, as Jeff, uh, Jeff mentioned, they're electronic. It tells us, oh, first of all, the only people who can access them are people that have um, access codes. So real licensees, realtors in uh, the market area. So here, for instance, in Victoria, um, we can access the box. But when we do... The box records that I opened it at a specific time. Uh, there are cases where, you know, maybe a door's been left open or something uh, something is missing, for instance. Thank goodness this never happened to me. But at the very least, the owner and the listing agent is able to say, well, hey, listen, you were the last guy in the house. And, you, you know, if the door is open, well, it's going to be hard for me to uh, uh, convince them otherwise, right? If I was the only person there, the only one that showed it in the past, you know, four days and the door's unlocked, yes, that is my responsibility. So, uh, Renata, are they safe? They are most definitely safe. And as Jeff mentioned to uh, condos, we have a very fortified lockbox system uh, there as well. The bottom line is the easiest you can make your home um, available for showings and the uh, the most comfortable a buyer can be during the showing process is going to equate to a better result for you, Renata. Thanks again for your question. And for everyone else, if you have a question you'd like us to cover on our show, just give us a call, 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540, or visit the CFAX 1070 website. Um, by the way, if you're a podcast listener, you can find us on iTunes and Google Play. It's The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll be talking about uh, rents, capping the rental increases. I'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. The provincial government made some changes with uh, allowable rental increases just a little while ago. We're here to talk about that today. Uh, we have in the studio with us right now Scott Cram. Scott is the property and leasing manager for Envision Property. Scott, thanks for coming here. Thanks for having me in, Tony. Uh, actually, before we begin, let's talk a little bit about Envision Properties. It's, it's, um, you guys are doing some great stuff. and Tell us about uh, what you are and how you came to be. Yeah, happy to. We're, uh, we're excited to, to be really growing in the Victoria market. We're a fa- fairly relative newcomer to property management here. We've, uh, we've got a number, a mixture of, of different kind of units. We, we represent properties for different owners. One that we're super excited about coming online April 1st is 95 rental, rental purpose-built rentals at Bleskin and Whittier. Yeah. The building's going to be called The Verve, and uh, we're really excited about studios, one bedrooms, two bedrooms, and a great location, coast uptown, and the Galloping Goose. It's going to be fabulous. Yeah, and you have have other properties in development here on sites that people would be familiar with, right? Yeah, there's uh, one very, uh, very exciting one going to be close to the university at McKenzie and Shelbourne. Mm -hmm. Used to be the gas station. It's uh, exactly, and as well, Cook and Hillside, also a gas station. Yeah, that was the Payless gas. Yeah. Yeah. So those properties were unique in that uh, we can't dig down because there was some some soil issues. Okay. 
so we've got to build everything ground up, and it's going to be very unique builds, but we've got some really exciting designs. Yeah, and, the, and these are purpose-built rentals. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, as a reminder, Victoria, um, for the span of about 20 years, had no purpose-built rentals. This is one of the reasons why our rental stock is so low, and there's been a lot of pressure in, um, in vacancies here, right? It's exactly why. It, it was a neglected facet and, uh, of the market. Yeah. And I think a lot of developers are trying to turn that around, but it takes time. Yeah, and, and not only that, but, I mean, it takes the desire to be there. Because, you know, part of it is the economic piece. Uh, you know, I went to one of the all-candidates meetings uh, for the city of Victoria uh, just before the elections. And, of course, one of the hot uh, buttons here is affordability. Mm. Hard to get people uh, affordable rentals. Hard to, you know, we know it's not an affordable city because Victoria's always been expensive. You know, in my years of real estate, Jeff's been at it for even longer than me. Or it's never been a cheap place to be, right? Got some serious geographical constraints. Surrounded by water. Surrounded by water. Right? Um, so the solution that many believe in is supply. And that's what you guys are doing. You're providing more supply of rental stock in Greater Victoria. We are, as are others, and we're doing our, our best and our part uh, to, to make that investment and hopefully help out Victoria. The uh, city's growing very fast, too. So if you've got 2,000 people moving here each year, you've got to be building four or 5,000 units yeah. to be getting ahead. So you're talking net migration. There's more people moving in than there's people moving out. And not all of them buy real estate. Many of them end up renting. No, I believe it's like 60% are renters, yeah. uh, certainly in the first year, probably much higher than that. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the topic at hand, which is the, the, the changes. So um, the provincial government uh, has said that they're capping the uh, allowable rent increase into the, uh, the CPI, the um, uh, basically the uh, consumer price index. Right, uh, which will be 2.5% for next year. Exactly. Right? Yes. And up until January the 1st, it's been 4.5 because they allowed the CPI plus 2%, right? Yeah, for I believe it's 19 years it's been that. Okay, so what does this mean for uh, someone like Envision, a property, uh, property holder who is going to be providing uh, rental units uh, to, to the marketplace? What it means to us, and we, we like to be good stewards of the of the stewards of the community of the yeah. business and the community and and respect that to be a good landlord to max out a rent increase is not building a relationship with your tenant a good tenant is worth as much to the to the landlord as a nice house safe and well looked after is to the tenant yeah. so it's a relationship and a very important one. To yeah, both for sides. example, we'll see some cases where a landlord will say, "Well, you know what? These are really good tenants, so you know we 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 won't hit them up with the." You're looking at rate. one right now. I couldn't agree more. You you, to me, to go to the max is a statement you're making to your tenant that that this isn't the best relationship right now, and and I'm going to use this tool. Yeah. But more often than not, nine times out of ten, for sure, you're saying no. I I. I could go here, but I, I'm not going to because there's value in this relationship, and yeah. I want to maintain that. But it is it is fair, would you not say, to have increases? It may not have to be the max. There are costs involved in ownership, right? Significant ones. Uh, I look at primarily over the, the last month when the, when the uh, Residential Tenancy Board announced the, the allowable limit of 4.5%, and then the politics of that quickly changed it back to 25 which most of us expected. But 
that said, if you look at probably, well, not probably, the number one cost in owning land is the cost of money. And so if you're a landlord and your interest rate has gone up a point and a half in the last two years, that's over 40%. Yeah. And, uh, and so your biggest cost has gone way more than the Well, you know, I'm glad you brought this up because, you know, the, I think the assumption for many is all these landlords, they make all this money because they own these properties outright. So every month I'm giving them, whatever, 1300 bucks a month. So they're pocketing 1300 bucks a month. Mm. But you're bringing up a, a really valid point, which is a lot. It's leveraged. So, so a lot of landowners have mortgages on these properties, right? Almost all of them. It's it's how you you grow. You you invest. You borrow to invest. It's 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 not a bad business to do it, but you really have to protect yourself. And as we've said, the prime rate has gone up forty percent, give or take. Yeah. Property taxes don't go down every year. We know that. Insurance. Those are your big three right there. Those are constantly going up, and they're going up by a lot more than two and a half percent. So when we bring the consumer price index in, and we're talking about the cost of toilet paper. That's not relevant. It's not. Yeah, interesting. Now, what are you guys seeing right now as far as uh, uh, the rental market and what's happening out there? Well, it's it's slowed down from where it was two years ago. If I ran an ad two years ago for a you know two bedroom, one bedroom suite in this location, talk about it a little bit, I would be instantly inundated to the point that I I didn't like taking phone calls. I I needed electronics so I could actually get through them. Yes. My, by the time I hung up a call, I would have four more voicemails. So it was nuts. Now it's still a seller's market, but it's uh, it's calmed down significantly in the last two years. Okay. But so so when the interest level calms down like that, does that mean that the rental rate? Are you still getting the same amount for that unit? Yeah, we're still able to get a decent amount of rent, and we still see an increase over what our existing tenant, who's just given us notice, yeah. was paying. Which typically a small increase, but it's not not where it was. Where, you know, in some sense, in 2015, 16, 17, uh, it was good news to get notice because yeah. you were going to get a bump. Interesting. Uh, and, and as a landlord, that's you know, it, it sounds cold, but. That's that's what you want. You want to be getting market rents for your suites, yeah. and have good tenants in there. Yeah. So you you stay within the rules, like I said earlier. You 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 don't go to the max on increases, but when rents take off as much as they did in those three years, you know it. You wouldn't be human if you didn't go. Yeah, this is an opportunity for me as a landlord. Because it's a business. It's a business, right? And like I said, if you're if you have two properties and the other one isn't uh have had a turnover uh in that time you're probably 20 30 points behind market rent on that one yeah. so to be able to at least catch up to market on on a few of your suites from time to time allows you to be in business well and and again here's the thing the reason why i asked you that question about if there's lower activity does that mean that the rent for that unit has gone down it hasn't because the value of that 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 rental unit remains the same and i guess what i'm getting to is with a slower market, will that cause more affordability? And and I think at the end of the day, we still need uh, affordable stock here. Yeah, right? it you know more supply. It's 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 economics one hundred and one in terms of supply and demand. The more units available, the more. If we had a three percent vacancy rate and there's that many suites being advertised every month, 
landlords would be giving discounts as they have in the past. Like they do in Montreal, or they did first, in Montreal. First month's free, or exactly. we start building hydro uh, utility in more often. However, there is a there is a place in the supply for affordable housing. I truly dubbed because that's going to fill a market, but it's, it's still not going to, if you went and built a thousand units of 30% below market affordable housing right now, and people proved that they were, had the, you know, in, in the situation where they required that, you're going to make life easier for them. And that's a good thing. Uh, in terms of the rest of the supply and those people who don't qualify, you're it's going to have eliminated a bit of competition, yeah. but it's those thousand units aren't going to make a massive dent in just the affordability of a geographically constrained city. Great thought. Well, listen, Scott, we got to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're just going to wrap up this conversation. This is important. We're talking about um, rentals and rental increases back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for coming back. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Uh, we're talking about the provincial government's changes in allowable rent increases. Just before the break, we had Scott Cram. He's a uh, property and leasing manager with Envision Properties. Uh, Scott, thanks again for coming. I want to uh, just wrap up our conversation. You, you brought up the very important point, point before the break about even if a 1,000 uh, units came on the market tomorrow, for um, uh, you know, off market or or low rent units, that will not necessarily relieve. It'll relieve the pressure, but it will not eliminate uh, the marketplace here for rentals. It's a strong rental market, right? It's a strong People rental be- market, and real estate is is valuable on the market housing side as well. It's it's you know until we increase density and just have more housing for mm-hmm. everybody. That's ultimately going to be what drives. Because we have 2,000, 3,000 net migration people coming into the region here, right? Uh, um, I, before we switch over to Jeff, I really want to touch on this fixed-term uh, tenancy situation. So uh, explain to the listeners uh, about that. Well, fixed-term tenancy is one where the landlord and the tenant agree at the time the, the tenant moves in. When the lease is signed, that the lease will end and the tenant will move out at the end of that lease. And... They were used by some landlords sort of in a, in a nebulous way in that they, they would, when that period was up, they told them they had to move out, which was agreed on. Mm-hmm. So it's not as evil as perhaps it sounds, but they were doing that only for the purpose of raising the rent beyond what the residential Or even worse supports. when they say, uh, you got to move out unless you... Unless you sign a new lease. Yeah. As soon as they say that, they're, they're not using that, that tool that they were given for the purposes of good. Yeah. So Usually they, for the purpose of evil. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So if you, but, but there's a place for fixed term tenancies. And for instance, if I'm holding a property that I know it needs to be empty in six months for various reasons, or whatever. for development or what have you, then, uh, and I'm managing that property, I, I need to be able to have that tool in my, in my toolbox, or I just can't rent the property. Yeah. And now that's a, that's a, a six month rental that would be very handy to have for somebody moving to town, looking to get the lay of the land. They want to come in. This is great. I'll take it for six months. Right now, there's some tools I can work around and say, if, but it's, it's still untested by the Residential Tenancy Board as to whether that's, that's right. The NDP came in and, and it has stated they're removing fixed-term tenancies. And unfortunately, it was that, that 90-10 rule where 10% of the bad landlords have 
taken away a necessary tool for the other 90%. How true that is. Scott, thanks very much for coming uh, on the air here. Uh, people need to reach you. Uh, the website is? Envisionproperties.com. We better spell that. Yes, it's spelt incorrectly. You might joke. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's no E on the front of Envision. Yeah. It's just the letter N yeah. and then the word vision, properties, all one word, dot com. Great. Thank you, Scott. Thanks uh, for shifting, me, Yeah, you bet. Shifting over to Jeff McLean. So uh, in the studio with us right now is Jeff McLean. Jeff is a veteran realtor here uh, in Victoria. Uh, we both work at Remax Camosun, who uh, we have for years. Uh, you've been licensed now, Jeff, since 1985, right? 1984, actually. 1984, <laughs> November okay. of 84, so Th close 34 years, you've been around for a long time. Now, the reason why you're here today is because you are a landlord. So you own properties, uh, and you have for many years. And the topic that we're talking about here is uh, the, the rent increases, allowable rent increases. Um, how, uh, tell us about this from your standpoint. How, how, how do you feel? Well, much like Scott pointed out, you know, if this coming year we're only allowed to uh, increase the rents by 2.5%, it doesn't cover the increased cost of running the buildings. You know, many <coughs> uh, tenants don't fully appreciate that, you know, we pay a, a commercial rate on the property taxes. Um, financing that Scott mentioned is done at commercial rates. It's not done at the, the residential. posted yeah. residential rate. So you're already paying a, a higher percentage on the mortgages. Uh, water costs, sewer costs, insurance costs. They're not going down. They're not going down. <clears throat> uh, maintenance costs, uh, even just routine maintenance has gone up dramatically, uh, far more than, than the 2.5% increase would, would cover. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, and, and this is the thing, because it, it leads one to wonder, what's the incentive for a landlord? I think most investors putting money into residential uh, rental real estate <clears throat> are looking at it long term. I mean, I do because for me, you and I don't have a pension plan. Correct. So having uh, a future uh, income stream is my retirement. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's going to get eroded in terms of not being able to keep rents up to a certain <clears throat> level. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have tenants in our buildings that have been there a long, long time, 10, 12, 15 years, I think, some of them. Yeah. And so, you know, over time with the prescribed uh, rental increases and, you know, being a nice guy, like Scott says, you know, not going to the max on every single one of them, um, you know, we, we're, our market, our, our rents are below market. And mm -hmm. so the only way... Yeah, because they've been there for 12 or 15 years. Oh, absolutely. They rented yeah. quite a bit lower. Even with the prescribed increases, it's still not at market rent right now, right? No. No, many of the units we have are, are below market rent <clears throat> yeah. um, just because of the... the long-term tenancy. And I need to touch on this because the listeners need to understand. So I, I had, I just, I sold earlier this year a duplex in Colwood for a client uh, who's owned it since 19, uh, it was 1981. And the tenant has been the only tenant he's ever had since 1981. So she, for all intents and purposes, you know, was the owner, right? But even with the prescribed uh, rent increases, her rent was so low because of the fact that it was controlled. Right. Yeah. And had she left, he could easily have re-rented at, at a higher amount. But at the end of the day, it provided her affordable housing. Right. Well, you, you touched on it earlier. I mean, one of the reasons we're in this situation is because previous NDP governments have introduced rent controls. And because the 
uh, renters or tenants are a large voting block, it's kind of like a motherhood issue. Nobody wants to, to go back on what was imposed. And it effectively, 20-odd years ago, stopped rental building construction. Yeah. And I know of at least 400 units that were going to be built that they've now canceled the projects because of the you know, uncertainty as to where the, the rental market's going and what kind of rate increases would be allowed down the road. Yeah. Well, this, actually, this is true. And, and uh, we had Stu Young here uh, in the studio a couple of months ago, and he was talking about in, uh, in Langford, there are developments that, that have, uh, you know, the brakes have been applied. Well, they've pulled the plug on yeah. the projects. Yeah, for a number of reasons. You know, there's a number of other things that, uh, you know, have been implemented that have, have made it less attractive. So, and therein lies a problem. So, you know, we, we need affordable housing. We need rental stock. Um, are any of these things helping? I don't believe they are. I think that they're just, uh, you know, exaggerating the problem um, that you're taking away the incentive to uh, build units. Like if we had thousands and thousands of units being built, the the sheer increase in supply Mm -hmm. uh, would decrease the the rents that the developers could achieve. Yeah, it's it's like you Scott said, it's. Economics 101, supply and demand. Yeah, and the other thing, I've brought this up many times before. I had David Chard on here uh, a few months back, and, you know, a comment that he made, he's a developer from Vancouver and here in Victoria, is that, you know, these the new developments, things that Envision is building right now, um, they're not necessarily that affordable housing, but what it does is it releases, it's, it's the whole, um, it's the ladder, it's the continuum of rentals. People will move up into the Envision unit, they'll leave uh, another unit vacant, you know, for... Uh, um, uh, for other people to move up towards. And the other thing, too, is uh, today's, you know, uh, maybe expensive rental units are the affordable units 30 years from now or 40 years from now, right? Well, you can't build, quote, affordable rental units because of the requirements in the building code. I mean, building code changes over the last years have added 30% or more to the cost of construction. Yeah. So you can't, I mean... Builders, uh, the, the they're not doing it for less, right? They can't, yeah, because they're required to make all these, uh, you know, changes in in the style of construction. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's all about stock. Uh, one last thing I want to touch on here, Jeff, is, and we'll do it after the break because we can take a break in just a moment here. But I want to touch on um, you and I as realtors and uh, working with investors because all of a sudden it's becoming a little less attractive to be an investor, right? <laughs> We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for joining us. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're talking about uh, landlords, uh, tenancies, tenants, and the allowable rental increases and change that's been made recently by the provincial government. We have in the studio right now Scott Cram. Scott's the property and leasing manager with Envision Properties. And Jeff McLean, a longtime realtor here in Victoria at Remax Camosun. Jeff, before the break, uh, I had mentioned that... Um, of course, we need investors here. Oh, absolutely. People, people to buy properties, to keep them for rent in order uh, to have rental stock here in Victoria, right? Yeah, it's much like uh, you, Scott and, and yourself were talking you know, earlier that um, as the new rental buildings go up, you know, tenants from existing housing will move into those, and that frees up some more of the more affordable housing stock. Um, <clears throat> but... You know, if you don't have investors who are willing to buy these buildings, uh, if current landlords aren't making any kind of profit, there's no incentive to, uh, like I said earlier, fix them up, improve them, 
yeah. you know, make them more desirable. They just basically bare minimum maintenance so that they, that they don't collapse. You know, this is one of the, the concerns that I've read a lot in the media is about um, uh, with added costs or reduced revenue, I should say, um, there isn't the margin for uh, owners to do necessary upgrades. So it kind of makes you wonder about what will happen to properties over time, right? Oh, if you can drive around and you can see some of the rental properties that have been let go just because the, the landlord's probably not making any money. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you get investors coming in or even people locally that want to invest in a property, you know, they have an expectation of return. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, if you're buying a, a property with a 4 or 5% return, it's slightly better than you're going to get on your term deposit at the bank. So, yeah. you know, that's that makes it attractive. If all of a sudden you buy a property, you take the risk, um, you know, the, the potential for unknown costs, um, and you're not making a return, like less than you could get on a, a term deposit. Then leave the money in the term deposit. Right? Why would you do that? Yeah. Yeah, because then you get the added headache of um, tenants. Because let's face it, not all tenants are good tenants, right? Well, any, any landlord that's been in the rental market for a long period of time has had their fair share of good and bad tenants. Yeah. Um, you know, we love the good tenants. We cringe when we get a bad one. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you never know. Because we've had ones, you know, they on the outside, on the outset, everything looked great. But, oh, my goodness. <laughs> right? Well, you often we'll walk into, a, as a realtor and as a, an owner of, of buildings, that, you know, you walk into somebody's uh, tenancy uh, and you kind of go, oh, my God, how do they live like this? Yeah. And, you know, it's just... You, people need to take pride in where they live, I think. Yeah. Um, Jeff, if people need to reach you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, 250-744-5551. Great. And that's at REMAX Camosun. Um, Scott, I, again, I think a really important point that, that uh, we got so far today is the biggest cost for landlords and property owners, and that is mortgage money. Yeah, the the costs of owning property have gone up far more than two and a half percent. So they're using the wrong index. Yes, and that's that was the basis for for consumer price index plus two. Yeah, and because again, that's a presumption that people own properties outright. And and C, CPI plus two allowed some protection for the tenant and good tenants. We like we said good landlords want to protect good tenants and not go to the max, but but if you want your building maintained well. Landlords got to be getting some kind of return on their investment. Okay, uh, Scott, thanks for, thanks again for coming. If people uh, want to find out more about Envision, uh, again the website is www.envisionproperties.com. That's N V I S I O N Properties.com. Yeah, without the e. Without the e. That's great. Uh, all right. So next we have on the line right now from Vancouver the Chief Executive Officer of Landlord BC. David Hutniak. David, thanks for coming on the line here. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks. Uh, David, tell the listeners a little bit about Landlord BC. What is it you guys do? Well, uh, we are an industry association representing owners and managers of rental housing in British Columbia uh, across the province. Uh, We have about 3,300 members. Uh, They include uh, individuals who may own a basement suite to uh, the largest uh, owners and managers of rental housing um, across the province. So it's a cross-section of folks, and really we're about uh, educating them, professionalizing the industry, and obviously representing the industry's perspectives with uh, 
all levels of government. Yeah, excellent. Now, the, the of course, the topic on our show today is the allowable rental increase and the changes that the provincial government uh, implemented back in September. So, um, of course, we've gone through this for the past uh, for the show so far about the fact that um, it was 4.5% for 2018. For 2019, it's going to be uh, 2.5%. What is this going to mean to landlords from the perspective of Landlord BC? Well, I mean, it is going to present uh, some challenges. I mean, certainly uh, this is a, a loss of revenue uh, because uh, the, uh, you know, previously the 2% was critically important uh, for basically for uh, maintenance uh, to cover our core expenses, which have been increasing uh, uh, more substantially, frankly, than uh, what the allowable maximum uh, is allowed. And this is uh, going to be particularly challenging for smaller landlords who, you know, really disproportionately represent our industry. Uh, certainly, we would see that some of the larger landlords who would have sort of multiple buildings to to spread, spread their costs uh, over, uh, they have some economies of scale that they're going to be able to leverage. But uh, absolutely, it's, it's going to mean that uh, landlords are going to uh, basically, you know, deliver or defer some maintenance, they may, uh, you know, reduce some staff, uh, uh, you know, when there, uh, when there is uh, the need to sort of update a, a unit, they, you know, they may not do the carpet, they may wait a few years, etc. So those are the kinds of business decisions that uh, a landlord is going to have to consider. Mm, for sure. So, so actually, you're commonly or, or often interviewed here on CFAX 1070, and I overheard one of your uh, interviews just when this happened. And, you know, the, the, the question, I remember the interviewer came up and, and said, well, you know, why do we need this increase? Because people's incomes haven't increased. Actually, they, they have, right? Um, you know, but you just covered it. I mean, um, uh, landlords have costs and expenses, and, and I, 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 I fear that a lot of this will fall on deaf ears of people saying, well, that doesn't help me because I still need affordable rental, right? Well, absolutely. I mean, the other thing that I've said many times, and certainly it's no exception with the current situation and the changes made here, you know, we're not, uh, we know that renters are fr- frustrated. Uh, we're not insensitive to their, their concerns. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, uh, definitely, you know, rents have increased. Uh, our expenses have increased uh, along uh, alongside that. Uh, your point is well taken that we have seen incomes in, increase if you, if you look at the stats from the provincial government. But, you know, there's a whole cohort of uh, British Columbians who really maybe haven't seen, uh, you know, large increases in their in their income. And, uh, and like I said, we're not insensitive to that. The, the, the problem with sort of, uh, you know, uh, the price control model, uh, and I'm talking about rent controls and, and the, the change that the government uh, made here with the CPI only, uh, I think, you know, it, it, we understand that, you know, they're under a lot of pressure, but we're always thinking long-term here. The, um, for the long-term viability of our industry, and more critically, to ensure that you know we have in a legislative environment to build more rental housing, that we need to ensure, or the government needs to ensure, that you know they're they're sen- they're sensitive to the changes they they make because there's always unintended consequences. Mm-hmm. And while this change you know may well or will help, I suppose, uh, renters who are renting today, uh, it actually could end up being very harmful. 
uh, to new renters because if we don't build more supply or we don't have an environment that encourages building uh, more supply, uh, that's just going to make the situation worse. And, and that's the fine balance that, you know, certainly we're talking to government about is that uh, we're just finally starting to see or get some traction with new purpose-built rental in particular. And uh, this measure is going to temper that somewhat. Uh, and, you know, we're some of the other measures they're contemplating uh, that could actually, you know, really, really just stall all-purpose-built rental because the business case will be uh, will be uh, will, will evaporate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it it just brings about that question: it, Are they are they getting what they intended to get, which is more affordable housing, uh, both in rental and in in ownership here in the province of BC? Well, I mean, you know, I guess that's that's debatable. It's it's they've been in in power for a year. Uh, certainly, you know, we've supported uh, the housing minister on a number of changes to the legislation that we felt were uh, were appropriate, and and uh, you know, we actually haven't seen the sort of the full impact of them to work through the system. So I think uh, you know, she uh, or her government has done a number of uh, uh, taken a number of measures that are going to help renters, and 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 like I said, we. Support of them. Uh, there's, uh, you know, obviously the, you know, the speculation tax, and we here in Vancouver we have a vacancy tax. There's uh, uh, Airbnb regulations that are coming in in some jurisdictions. There's just a lot going on uh, that is going to, uh, you know, we still haven't seen the full impact of of those measures, and the net result you know, we're reasonably optimistic is going to, you know, sort of increase the universe of rental housing, but not enough. And so, again, I go back to my earlier comments, you know, ultimately, we need to build uh, the right supply, and the right supply is is purpose-built rental, and that's going to be the long-term solution. That is, you know, how we're going to get out of this rental housing crisis by building more uh, purpose-built rental. For sure. Well, David, thank you very much for coming on the line. If people need to find more information about Landlord BC, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, just go to our website, uh, landlordbc.ca. Again, uh, L-A-N-D-L-O-R-D-B-C.ca. And, uh, yeah, we encourage landlords to uh, to investigate our site. We also have a landlord registry, which is an education tool uh, for landlords that uh, we encourage uh, everyone to uh, who's a landlord to in, uh, basically enroll, get some education, a certification for yourself, a tool that you can use on a go-forward basis to help you manage your business. It's going to be good for you, and it's going to be good for renters, too. Great. Well, thank you very much for coming, uh, uh, David, and that's some uh, great, great information. And thank you to our other guests we've had in the studio today, Scott Cram from Envision Properties and also Jeff McLean, fellow realtor here uh, Remax Camosin. Uh, we were talking today, of course, about the new changes in the allowable rent increases here in British Columbia. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm Tony Joe, and I'll be here for you this time again next week.